Hello, dear friends. I do hope you recognize that theme song, because if you do, that means you are a return listener to our website for this Bible study. Uh, We've titled our Bible study after our radio broadcast for many years. Let's talk about Jesus. Now, we could talk about a whole lot of things. We need to talk about a whole lot of things, but we must put Jesus where God has placed him. He gave him a name above every name that is named, things in heaven, earth, and beneath the earth, that at the sound of his name, every knee should bow, every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God. Hallelujah. Well, we want to lift Jesus up today. I have prayed over this message today. It's an important message, as every message that's coming from God's Word is today, but especially relevant parts of the Word of God to the conditions in which we're living, the time in which we're living. Now, I'm, I'm not even talking about the pandemic and, and, and the havoc that it is, it is releasing worldwide. I'm talking about the conditions prophetically of the last days. You know, America could be, uh, prospering and no sicknesses, no diseases, no problems, no, no political divides, no racial divides, no, no ugliness and murder and hatefulness and, and meanness and all of the wickedness that we're seeing and still be a nation like all the nations of the world that is moving swiftly to the end time scenarios, the things that are going to occur as we move into the beginning of sorrows, where the Bible said the end is not yet, but this something has started that will culminate in the end of all things. And I don't mean an abrupt end, like some cataclysmic event, the end of the world. No, I'm talking about the end time events, the the day of the Lord, the great tribulation that is coming, the, 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 the terrifying time of Jacob's trouble, the, the time that there was not a day like it in the history of, of humankind, and there'll never be a day like it again. Listen, it hasteneth greatly, the Bible says. Amen. And not only that, but the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ for His people, for His bride, for His church. I'm not talking about the second coming. I'm talking about the secret coming called the rapture commonly. I know the word rapture is not in the Bible, neither is the word trinity. But the the descriptive word for the triune God, certainly trinity is a word that we can use biblically and be accurate. Rapture is the same thing. It means that Greek word, the catching away, to to just snatch away with great force and power. Amen. The dead in Christ shall rise, and we which are living and remain shall be caught up, snatched away. Praise God. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, we're going to be changed. That day is coming very, very soon. And the warning from Jesus is this. Don't let your heart 
be overcharged with surfeiting drunkenness, the cares of this life. I'm not talking about necessarily getting inebriated with some alcohol or some drug. That, not that kind of drunkenness. I'm talking about just, just living it up as if that day is not coming. Living as if we've got all the time in the world to to decide about our soul and its destiny. Let's just eat and drink and be merry. And let's just party hardy. The devil would love us to do that. God is calling us to account. And he wants us to be ready for the coming of Jesus. He wants us to be where? Lest our heart be overcharged with surfeiting, drunkenness, the cares of this life, that that day come upon us as a thief. Bible said in the New Testament that we're not children of darkness, that that day come upon us as a thief, but we're children of the light. Praise God. And the Bible said that we should pray that we might be able to escape all these things that are surely soon coming to stand before the Son of Man. Amen. Friend of mine, I'm looking for the coming of Jesus today, and I want to be ready for His coming. And I want to take as many people to heaven with me. That means I want to win souls to Christ through the powerful, precious gospel, the good news, hallelujah, that Jesus came to seek and to save the lost, paid our price at the cross, hallelujah. We're going to talk to you today about two cups, two cups, a curse and a cure. Which will you drink? Two cups, biblically, scripturally. One will bring a curse and a judgment. One will bring a cure from the curse and the judgment. Everyone will drink one of these cups according to the scripture. Yes, everyone. Some of you listening to this message today will bristle at that and say, no, I'm not going to have to face any God or any judgment when I'm dead, I'm done, I'm dead, I'm gone. No, you will, I will, we will, unless we make the right choice. There are two cups, friend, but there's only one choice to be made. And I pray today, as we get into this teaching at the end of this broadcast, that you'll stay with us and you will make the right choice. I don't believe in accidents. I'm on the air by divine appointment today. I'm on this website by divine appointment today. And if you stay with us, it'll be made clear to you that you have been brought here by divine appointment. God wants to speak to us as Christians. And if you don't know Jesus, God wants to speak to you. He loves you today. He wants you in heaven with him. The devil wants to drag your soul into hell. He knows that that day is coming quickly. Amen. God wants you for heaven. So let's get into this message today. And let me make us opening statement here before the scripture. There are two cups presented in Scripture. Number one is the cup of wrath, which represents God's justifiable anger and judgment. The second cup is the cup of salvation, which represents His desire to forgive and His goodness and His mercy to all who will repent of their sins, confess their sins, and turn 
to the cure, (laughs) the Lord Jesus Christ that He has sent. And to truly appreciate this cup of salvation here, this cup of blessing, we need to clearly understand the cup of wrath. In other words, in order to be truly grateful for what we have been saved unto, we need to be fully appreciative of what we've been saved from. We used to sing it a lot. Roll back the curtain of memory thou and then. Show me where you took me from and where I might have been. That's what keeps the first love burning in my heart today, is seeing where God took me from, and not just where I might have been, but where I would have been if He hadn't loved me enough to send the hound of heaven. Now, I'm going to say this with deep respect, and no no blasphemy, no, listen, I'm talking of the precious wonderful, pure, Holy Spirit today. But if He hadn't hounded me, because I ran from God initially, I did not run to Him. Oh, but He did not give up on me. Friend of mine, that's why at the end of many of our broadcasts, I encourage people, don't run from God anymore. Run to Him. He will welcome you with open arms. As you repent from your sin, confess them, and receive Christ as your Savior, He will pardon you, forgive you, seal you with the Holy Spirit, hallelujah, so that you don't have to fear the judgment to come. There's no way to appreciate salvation like we should unless we understand that before we came to Christ, everyone who believes not is under the wrath of God, the justifiable anger of God. God is holy. He can't just sweep sin under the carpet. He has to. He's obligated to judge it. He must do that. He can't do anything else. That's why the plan of salvation is a plan like no other. Because in the plan of salvation, God has provided a cure from the curse of sin that He's obligated to judge. He, in fact, did judge sin for us. But He judged His our sin in His own Son. And Jesus took our sin upon Himself. So I want you to know as we talk about His wrath, this is why Jesus had to go to the cross. And this is why it pleased God to allow Him to be put on that cross so that He could save us. What an extreme the Father has went to. What what kind of love is this? That's why the judgment is going to be so severe when it does come. Is because how shall we escape if we neglect such a great salvation as this? So let's look at the cup of wrath real quick and come to the place of saying, Lord, I I, I want to thank you like I did the first week that I was saved. I want that joy and that appreciation. And I want that reciprocal, reciprocated love right back to you for loving me that much. I want the first love rekindled. I want the flame to burn bright again in my life. Amen. Listen, the cup of wrath, this message of the Old Testament about the cup of wrath is clear in Scripture. 
God's justice cannot be denied and His punishment must be handed out. Nations and peoples cannot escape the judgment of God against sin. The cup of wrath will be drunk by the wicked. When I talk about the wicked, let me remind you today. The Bible said we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. There's none righteous. No, not one. Not even one could come up to God's standard. Listen. And the Bible goes through a list of the outworking of that wickedness and the sins that are committed against God and against each other. (laughs) Listen. And it says to Christians, And of such were some of you. But you are washed, you are sanctified, and you are justified in the name of Jesus Christ. This is the mighty work of the blood of Jesus in our behalf today. The psalmist spoke of this other cup, the cup of wrath, in Psalm 75 and verse 8. It says, For in the hand of the Lord there is a cup. The wine is red. It is full of mixture, and he poureth out the same. But the dredges thereof, all the wicked of the earth, all the wicked, all who are not saved, all who have not taken the cup of salvation, all the wicked of the earth shall wring them out and drink them. You see, the cup of salvation and blessing must be chosen. The cup of the wrath of God Judgment against sin is certain without exception. The Amplified really brings it forward. It says, For in the hand of the Lord there is a cup of His wrath, and the wine foams and is red, well mixed. He pours out from it, and all the wicked of the earth must drain its dredges. The message of judgment against sin has been so suppressed in the 21st century church Few are fleeing the wrath to come. You know why? Because they do not fear the wrath of God. The reason they don't flee the wrath of God is because they don't fear the wrath of God. And one reason they don't fear the wrath of God is because the message of the wrath of God. You see, the New Testament says, Behold the goodness and severity of God. You you can't have God, just the loving, saving God, without the God who is obligated by His own holiness to judge sin. That's why the salvation plan was such a miracle of love. Such a, such an, such a, there's nothing to be compared with how God could be holy, could be just, and still be the justifier of them that put their trust in Christ. How can we be pronounced blameless <laughs> when we are to blame? How, how can we escape the judgment when God is obligated to judge sin and we've all sinned? Amen. <laughs> Friend of mine, if the princes of this world, the Scripture said, had known, they would have never crucified the Lord of glory. 
Why wouldn't all of these powers and forces listen? I'm not just talking about, you know, presidents and kings and potentates. And I'm talking about, amen, powers and principalities and, and spiritual wickedness and high places in the rulers of the darkness of this world. If Satan had known God's plan to save us from ourself and our sin and from Satan himself, they would have never put Jesus on that cross. They would have protected him. They wouldn't want any blood of judgment fall to the ground from this man because it's through the very shedding of that blood on the cross, amen, that God made a way, hallelujah, for you and I to be saved. Praise God. Listen, there is no escaping one of these two cups. All will drink of the cup of His wrath that have not drank of the cup of His salvation. All will drink of the curse that have not drank of the cure. Listen to Psalm 11, verse 4 through 7. The Lord is in His holy temple. The Lord's throne is in heaven. His eyes behold, His eyelids try the children of men. The Lord trieth the righteous, but the wicked and him that loveth violence, his soul hateth. Upon the wicked shall he rain snares, fire and brimstone, and an horrible tempest. This shall be the portion of their cup. For the righteous Lord loveth the righteous, his countenance doth behold the upright. You know, that Aaron's blessing, because when they were right with God, it said, the Lord lift his, lift his countenance upon you. Turn his face toward you and give you peace. When it said the Lord hates the, the wicked, you know, he, listen, he hates the sin, but he loves the sinner. How can that be? How can he hate our sinfulness and yet love us? Enough to give His Son for us that we don't have to be punished for our sin. How can that be? How can He balance the books with the blood of Jesus? Because the blood of Jesus was shed as He took our punishment and took our sin upon Himself and took the judgment for our sin so we could take the cup of salvation and not have to drink the cup of God's wrath. For the righteous Lord loveth the right, loveth righteousness, his countenance doth behold the upright. In other words, there's no escape from the wrath of God. Even God's people Israel could not escape. They were 40 years. They were forced to wander through the wilderness. <laughs> Amen. Until everyone who could have went to battle passed away. It gave up that opportunity to obey God and take the land. We think of the days during the judges when God gave Israel over and over again to the hands of her enemies as corrective judgment, not to destroy them, but to instruct them in righteousness, to bring them back to a place so he could posture them for blessing. Amen. We also think here of 70 years in exile in Babylon. In each and every instance, Israel was forced to drink from the Lord's cup of wrath. 
She was not allowed to escape the consequences of her sin. That's why in the New Testament, behold the goodness and severity, goodness upon the Gentiles that we were grafted in, but chastisement upon his own people because they rejected the Messiah, friend of mine. And it said, don't boast against the true vine, because if he judged them for their sin, will he not judge us as, as believers for our sin? Listen, we can't escape the consequence of sin. That's, that, that is very clear in Scripture. Sin is a big deal to God. It may not be a big deal to you and I. We'd like to say it's not that important, so we don't have to deal with it. It is that important, and we must deal with it. I'm not preaching sinless perfection, but I am teaching and preaching that all sin has consequences, and we're told as Christians to not let sin reign in our mortal body, amen, to obey it in the lusts thereof, to not let sin have the upper hand in our life. Listen, Jeremiah spoke of this cup. For thus saith the Lord God of Israel unto me, Take the wine cup of his fury at my hand, and cause all the nations to whom I send thee to drink it. And they shall drink, and be moved, and be mad, because of the sword that I will send among them. Down in verse 28 it says, And it shall be if they refuse to take the cup at thine hand to drink, thou shalt say unto them, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, You shall certainly drink. One translation said, You must drink it. One paraphrase reads, The God of angel armies has ordered you to drink. So drink. Listen, the Old Testament also makes it clear that the cup of the Lord's wrath must be taken and drunk to the very last drop. The cup of wrath must be drained to the bottom. And Isaiah spoke of it in Isaiah fifty-one seventeen. It says, Awake, awake, stand up, O Jerusalem, which has drunk at the hand of the Lord the cup of his fury, and has drunken the dredges of the cup of trembling, and wrung them out. Ezekiel talked about this cup in Ezekiel 23. It's amazing. There's so much about this, and we hear so little about this. Ezekiel 23, 30-33, I will do thee things unto thee, because thou hast gone a-whoring after the heathen, because thou hast polluted with their idols." Thou art polluted with their idols. Thou hast walked in the way of thy sister, therefore I will give her cup into thine hand. Thus saith the Lord God, Thou shalt drink of thy sister's cup, deep and large, and, 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 and shall be laughed to scorn, and had in derision, it containeth much. Thou shalt be filled with drunkenness and sorrow, with the cup of astonishment and desolation, with the cup of thy sister, Samaria. Friend of mine, Jesus talked about this very cup in the garden, didn't he? Matthew 26 and verse 39, it said, And he went a little farther, and he fell on his face and prayed, saying, O my Father, or Abba Father, if it be possible, if it be possible, 
If there's any other way, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, what I will, but thy will be done. When I saw this cup in my humanity, in my my limited understanding of what was going to happen on that cross, all I could see or sense was the pain of crucifixion, the awful, terrible way to die a suffering death. But listen, folks, Jesus knew there was going to be more than that occurring. Jesus is going to drink the dredges of the cup of God's wrath against sin and ungodliness for all of us. It doesn't mean we're automatically saved. It means a way has been made for us to be saved because God's justice was satisfied when He suffered on that cross and took the punishment for our sins. He knew that that literally he knew that no sin no sin is going to drink the sinner's cup no sin is going to drink the sinner's cup he that knew no sin is going to drink the sinner's cup he's going to take the curse that he might break the curse for you and for me He's going to take the punishment. He's going to take a temporary banishment so that we could never experience that in all of our life for all of eternity. Jesus is going to the cross to drink your cup and my cup. He drank the cup of trembling. (laughs) We drank the cup of triumph. No wonder the songwriter wrote, Oh, what a Savior! Oh, hallelujah! His heart was broken on Calvary. His hands were nail-scarred. His side was riven. He gave His life's blood for even me. Oh, what a Savior! Oh, hallelujah! Praise God! Amen! How can we calculate the worth of this cup that Jesus took in our behalf? This cup of salvation, this cup of blessing. He drank our cup so we could drink His and be saved. Listen to 1 Corinthians ten sixteen. It said, The cup of blessing which we bless, it is, is it not the communion of the blood of Christ? The bread which we break, is it not the communion of the body of Christ? These symbols of His suffering, Amen. And his sacrifice. Listen. Psalm one sixteen twelve and 13 puts it this way. What shall I render to God for all his benefits toward me? Amen. How am I going to react to God for all the, all of the mercy and grace and blessing he is showing me? I will take the cup of salvation. See, I'll choose the cure. And, and not stay under the curse. I'll take the cup of salvation and call upon the name of the Lord. I like one translation said, I will lift up the cup of salvation. And another reads, I will lift high the cup of salvation. Praise God. Amen. 
Matthew Henry comments and said, This is called the cup of deliverance because it is drunk in memory of His deliverance. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. In ancient times, they used to, to make a banquet when they gave solemn thanks unto the Lord. They took a cup and drank it before the Lord, the symbol of deep gratitude and great joy. You know what the Bible said? The Bible said with joy, you shall draw waters from the wells of salvation. Praise God. Amen. Friend of mine, Christians ought to be the most. Listen, I, I know the circumstances are terrible. And I know these are serious times. But that doesn't mean we put aside the joy of our salvation. And the enjoyment of our God. And the deepened devotion every time we remember what we have been saved from. Not just what we are saved to. I'm so glad to be a Christian today. I've never been more thankful in all of my life. Listen, in India right now, hundreds of thousands are dying. The pandemic has come back strong. And, and some of the reasons is religious festivals where 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 Buddha uh, Buddha's ashes are said to be uh, be scattered into the into the Ganges River and these festivals that draw thousands of people together uh, for for the celebration of this festival. Oh, friend of mine, oh my God in heaven, I'm so glad I know the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Not, not a man-made God, but the God who made man. Hallelujah. I'm so glad I can call upon Him in the day of trouble and be assured that He will respond to my cry, that He will hear me when I pray, that He will stretch forth His hand in my behalf today, that He will turn His face toward me, lift His countenance upon me, praise God, and give me the peace of knowing that I'm not abandoned and I'm not alone, that He is with me all the way, every step of the way. That is the cup of salvation that we lift high today as we lift up Jesus to a lost and dying world today. Amen. Friend, everyone on the planet is going to drink of one of these cups today. Everyone is going to drink of the cup of God's wrath, His righteous judgment against sin, or the cup of salvation, God's provision for you and I to be saved. And today, a choice has to be made if you don't know Jesus. I pray if you don't know the Lord is your Savior, that you will not run from Him, that you will run to Him, and that you will find in Him as you repent of your sin, confess them, He knows it already, and yet He bids you come unto Me, 
All ye that labor and are heavy laden, take my yoke upon you, learn of me, for I'm meek and lowly in heart. You will find rest for your soul. Peace of mind is worth more than all of the gold and silver that the world could offer you. All of the pleasures of sin for a season can't give you what Christ offers you, what God offers you in Christ and through Christ today. So I pray you will run to Him today. And Christian, I pray you will deepen your devotion, that you will love Him back for loving you enough to give His Son, to listen to His groanings on the cross, and let Him hang there, and for Jesus for staying there, until our sin debt was paid in full and he could cry, it is accomplished, it's finished, it's done. Now there's a cure for the curse of sin. Come back next week. Let's continue to talk about Jesus now more than ever. Amen.